0: Hello and welcome to the next segment of what is an episode I've dedicated to the Winter Olympics 2022, held in Beijing, China. As I was saying in the previous segments, it really has been an unusually unusual year, and specifically... A very sincere appreciation the entire world has had for the very fact that the Olympics was even able to occur, for the mere fact that Beijing went through with agreeing to host. Now what does that mean? Well, Let's be clear, it isn't simple to be a host nation, because the world's eyes are on whomever says they will welcome the world's best. And where it all began, the opening ceremony, at the bird's nest, is where it all ended this evening, which technically was yesterday. But it is today, in some parts of the world. And so the point that I'm making is that the symbolism of the bird's nest is several things. The bird's nest was originally constructed for the Olympics that were held in Beijing previously. And these were summer Olympics. And so it's quite great that this venue was fortuitously available to be reused again. Oh, but it was a glorious ending of a celebration ceremony. It opened with children representing snowflakes that accompanied singing and then melded into zodiac signs, which is important to note that when the ceremonies opened two weeks ago, this coincided with the beginning of the Lunar New Year. And so the zodiac signs were an important representation, which brought a lot of things together. And what was also quite remarkable were the dancers, the music, the athletes that walked into the stadium as happy as could be, not only appreciative of having been there, but also relieved that their efforts had now come to a close for this particular competition. Now they could enjoy the moment, the celebration, of their victorious participation in these, the 24th Olympics, Winter Olympics. Now, what made these Winter Olympics different than other Winter Olympics, you would ask? Because I have mentioned it before. Well, Family members and friends were not allowed to attend in the same way that they have been in previous celebrations. Of course, because of COVID restrictions and protocols. So, it made it a little bit different, but I have to say, it also made it that much more unique. And what is clear and very clear and cannot be ignored is that, though they may have been remiss at the beginning because they didn't have their immediate family members and friends at the onset, it was obvious in this, the closing ceremonies, that they, the athletes, had formed their own Olympic family throughout the course of the competition. Not that they had never ever before, but it just was very clear the jubilee and the happiness and the jovial nature of the truthfulness, of the fact that these games had arrived to their end. And so as the athletes entered the bird's nest celebrating, yes, they entered under their specific flags, but soon they began to intermingle with their colleagues from other countries, began to say goodbye, began to take photographs for the road, so to speak, to commemorate the moment of what this special, special moment was. And some with cameras, some with phones, were saying goodbye. And others saying until another moment. We will arrive at another competition and see one another again. And the most interesting thing is that even though these particular Olympics were arriving at an end, yes, they were declared closed at a particular moment, and yes, the Olympic flame was extinguished, but not forever, because it was declared exactly when... It will begin again. And where? In 2026, Milan Cortina is where they will meet again. And for the sports enthusiasts who feel it just was not enough of sports for this particular moment to end, Well, do not worry, because after all, the Paralympics are about to begin. And when, you ask? Well, I'll tell you when we return in just a moment. Ah, yes. And in a, but wait, there's more, moment. The Paralympic Games begin in just a couple of weeks. That's correct. March 4th through March 13th, athleticism, again at its best, will be exemplified. You see, athletes abound. And truth be told, if you think athleticism was on display the last 10 days, Think again because people display athleticism in many ways, and the Paralympics are a great example. People who will tell you how they have arrived. their sport of choosing and the depth to which their passion for the sport has derived. Now that's not to say that people that have just concluded their competition do not have a similar level or equivalent level of passion for the sport in which they compete. But you will certainly see that each competitor has a certain level of drive upon which where they maximize their acceleration to win. And it's noted in The way they talk about how they want to win. How they are driven to be the best in their caliber of athleticism. They wake up early, they exercise, and their endurance is noted beyond what most people would ever understand. Now, having said that, again, I'll repeat the days. It is March 4th through March 13th. I do have to reiterate, though. There was something that was said by the president of the International Olympic Committee, which has to be, as I said, reiterated. He does have a point. Given the internal complexities of the world at this juncture in time. A special thank you to the Chinese people was given because they set the stage in an excellent and safe way for all who participated, Mm -hmm. and he certainly had an excellent point in saying that. And so while he said thank you, I say shee And to the Italian people who are awaiting to host the next Winter Olympics, I say grazie mille. Because thank you may suffice but because of the globality of the Olympics. It is important to understand there is a very special understanding that athleticism really goes beyond the boundaries of geopolitical understandings that sometimes stop at a particular Sovereignty of borders, which are understandably necessary for certain circumstances. However, when it arrives to the point of sports, the internationality of such competitions, such as the Olympics, really does bring people together at certain moments in time. And that's what this did. And that is what the Paralympics will do. Very soon. Thanks for listening. To this, the Dew Point Report. Digital Electronic. World Point Report. In the next segment, I will talk about why in the future the Olympics are really going to look much different than previous Olympics have been. By the mere necessity of necessities of the changing dynamics that are Necessary because of our digital footprint. The athleticism is one thing, but because of our reliance, our expectation to be so connected to our electronics, we do have this... Need to still upload and refresh our data, even when we are competing in an international competition as athletes, where it really isn't necessary to be part of a digitized, digitized component of the competition itself. And so in the next segment, I'll talk about why the digital aspect of competition is really changing the nature of the Olympics. It already has begun to do that in some aspects, but in the next Olympics and beyond, it's going to look a little different. We'll talk about that when we return. And welcome back to another segment of the Dewpoint Report. Yes, the Digital Electronic World Point Report. Where I often talk about the duality of our existence regarding our imprint within our social media existence, and our human existence around people, and what that means in terms of how we live our lives. Now, why did I, in the previous segment, as I was talking about the Winter Olympics, recently wrapped up in Beijing, how they will likely be much different going forward because of the fact that we really have this sense of reliance on our social media imprint. We really have not allowed ourselves to solely focus on our presence in front of someone and just being present. And if we do, it's very rare. It usually doesn't last more than an hour. Because we then really have to check our phone. We check our updates. Is anyone asking for us? Is anyone sending us messages? Oh my gosh, what's going on in the world? And sometimes, particularly. There is this tendency... To have that duality, even more so now in the current globality of information overload, no matter how much we try not to overload our senses. But let's be truthful why does this connect to the Olympics? No matter how much, and we know that Beijing was very clear in the protocols because of COVID and wanting to protect the athletes as much as possible, which is understandable, but then at a certain extent, the world really wanted to know what was the competition like, who was winning, what particular support, and because of the time change, was difficult to actually see exactly what competition was happening at what particular time. And as fans of the Olympics, we have become accustomed, I say we because we are anybody who is not an athlete, at the competition itself, participating in the Olympics, in the middle of the event itself, knowing exactly what is happening, where and when. At what particular time? Or a coach? Or an employee? Because this particular Olympics did not allow family members or friends to attend. So, it made it difficult to see the event. And additionally, the information wasn't out there as easily to be able to find. So, the social media outlets would have been the easiest and most readily available, which is what was available in previous Olympics. But because of the closing of certain information loops, it wasn't in this particular Olympics, which to some may, might, may and might make sense, but to others it doesn't. Because the access to information was not there. So what does that mean? Specifically to the point of having one's digital footprint removed or not even allowed. When, in other instances, it might be completely open and available. It does create a bit of a quandary. But actually... It makes one wonder. More specifically. Is it like putting someone on a social media diet? Not allowing somebody to post very often. Because they don't have the entourage that would post for them. The entourage that would take pictures for them. Or is it actually a good thing because then it eliminates open loops that would allow for misinformation to exit a process. One has to really think about that because then it forces a little bit more of the information to be streamlined and go through just one person the athlete themselves thus creating less information to go out and perhaps more precise information so one has to really wonder if there is less information is it actually more accurate or Is it? And is the information actually necessary to go anywhere? These are all important questions because once the information goes anywhere, it has gone everywhere and cannot easily be retracted. So, of the important questions that will differ from previous Olympics to this one to the next one is the following. If someone had friends tweeting for them at the previous Olympics and didn't have anyone tweeting for them in this Olympics, were they able to focus more in this Olympics and would they make themselves available in the next Olympics should they return for data collection to be able to understand what the difference would be if they would also not tweet for example Keeping the same platform. So whether it's a tweet or it's a post. Keeping the same. Because you want to be able to see. Does it make a difference. On their focus on competition. And that would be essential. The other thing to note is. Do they. Garner. Positive acceleration of mind meaning is it enthusiastic well that's not the best word let me start all over if they have more posts to their social media or tweets to their social media is there an acceleration of competition for them? where they see positive gains because of the adrenaline that is developed in their brain? Or does it distract from their competition? Capacity. And this is essential if they were able to allow themselves to be studied in this particular area. Given the fact that they would have so much capacity to see the results. Because they are technically influencers in social media platforms. Now why it's essential is because we have to realize we have done this for decades now. We wait, and I've talked about this in the previous segments, that our athletes are very important in society. And don't get me wrong, I do think that because they practice incessantly for the apex moment upon which where they arrive, and it is essential to applaud them for even having arrived at the competition itself, whether they medal or not. But at the same time, The realization that when they leave the competition, they are still human beyond their athletic capacity. And they have to be able to connect back to society as humans, athleticism aside. Because if they're only seen as athletes, then they lose the capacity to be everyday humans when they no longer have their athleticism capacity. And this is an essential essentiality because so many athletes have realized that they are only looked at as Olympians or they are only looked at as specific sports figures. And when they are no longer at their heightened ability of athleticism, They are ignored because they are no longer performing at the best that they had ever been. Well, this is why diversifying their capacity has always been essential. And many of them have been able to diversify their capacity. They go on and they do other things as well. And they're multilateral in their abilities. And that's essential. But there are some... Athletes who have not been able to do that and have not been able to reconnect in different ways to society. But I think we've learned an important lesson over the years that because athletes have found that they need to be able to focus on what is important in their lives beyond the athleticism. The athleticism is important. It's essential. Of course, that's their career. But there are personal things that they have found also important. And when they focus on, on these priorities, it also makes them stronger. And making them stronger gives them A diverse combination of strengths that also helps them pivot into different skill sets and career paths beyond their athleticism. So, having said that, when I told you in the previous segment that I would talk about what is going to change in the future of the Olympics... Digitizing the Olympics, many say that that would never happen. It already has begun to happen in some of the ways that it has needed to digitize its capacity because of COVID protocols, pandemic protocols. Though many would argue it will actually want to return to the essentiality of what the Olympics had been before the pandemic, it is really not in its capacity to return to pre-pandemic existence. And I'll tell you why. There's an entire new generation of athletes that has actually grown up in a digital truth that they cannot unknow. The fact that they have only known a digital existence means that they will essentially become, at a certain point, a very important decision-making populace of Olympians that will change the platform of the Olympics itself. And now, they're not exactly all the majority of that just yet, but they will be in in the next 10 years. And that is essentially why the Olympics themselves the international olympic committee will begin to realize that uh, one because of climate change not all athletes are going to fly into one country obviously because they won't want to fly in a plane and get all into one location because they probably are going to be realizing that the technicality and the logistics of trying to get everybody in one location just is not a practical logistical sensible situation and it's becoming much more realistic to understand that but it will take a couple more Olympics to see that through because of the budgetary constraints that will begin to happen with that so that's the first thing the second thing is the more and more that countries begin to restrict family members and friends from attending, they will realize that the family members and the friends were a very essential core aspect of the people that were revenue generating for a lot of the events that are important to be able to have success in the Olympics themselves. So, what do I mean by that? In order for the Olympics to be successful, they have to be revenue generating for the city, i.e. the country, that is hosting the Olympics because they do put in billions of dollars into the building of venues that are going to host the competitions. And, of course, there are the hospitality sectors that are hosting the tourism around the area for miles and miles which is an essentiality and when you take the hospitality market sector out of this this is a complete revenue loss for the area so that revenue loss is millions of dollars And as the loss begins to happen, I'm talking dollars, but in every country, it is its own currency, because we're talking about the globality of the Olympics. And third point is, the pandemic has been horrid throughout the world. The economic repercussions are going to take generations to recover. Not every country has been able to have a certain level of recovery to be able to sustain a continuance of economic uh, fortune. So many uh, parts of the world are not as uh, fortunate. And what does that mean? It was obvious that not everybody was able to send an athlete that could have sent an athlete, and it was a much smaller level of competition than had been previous Winter Olympics. And so it will be interesting to see that based on the pandemic protocols that were in place this Winter Olympics, what will be the situation for the next Winter Olympics, considering all the variants that we already have seen. So, where we are in 2026 will be quite enlightening. And I'll leave it at that because I did have two other points, but I think that is heavy enough for now to think about because it really was a fascinating Olympics. And I don't want to leave it as a Debbie Downer kind of um, thought because I really think it's... Optimistic to think that the Olympics could transcend into something even more brilliant than it currently is by virtue of taking advantage of some of the connectivity capacity throughout the world. Because one was able to see that in the Summer Olympics in Japan. How, one might ask? Because of the fact that the Summer Olympics in Japan were postponed during the heightened situation with the global pandemic, there was the thinking that they might not even take place. And a lot of people were like, why even bother? Well, there had been so much investment already on the part of Japan to be able to make the Olympics happen that they really didn't want to just let go of all of that investment. And they really had so much hope that, they would be able to see this through to fruition. So they postponed them, of course. The IOC thought that the world could come together and make them happen. And the world did. So when the Summer Olympics came together and competition did occur, it was amazing. And it was an amalgamation of virtual competition and in-person competition. What do I mean by virtual competition? Well, there were different venues that were able to come together to help ensure that competition could take place, and there was a virtual aspect to the competition that had not been seen before, and it really was thought that that would never happen again. But one has to really think about the fact that perhaps that is necessary because of the necessary necessity of climate changes making everybody think about how truly the world is changing, and we have to put our minds in the mindset of how we need to really be a little bit more cognizant of the fact that we cannot be as resource-wasting by forcing half the world to travel to one location every four years for the Summer Olympics and then every four years for the Winter Olympics, when we really have the technology to make the world be present virtually for a competition that can be just as superb, if not even more. Allowing people to be present and exist in a virtual competition. So it's quite interesting. This has to be pondered for It has a lot of potential. And it even has the potential to allow competition to a much deeper level. Because think about for a moment, how many athletes were not able to be present because they tested COVID positive that could have been present had they attended virtually? Think about that for a moment. What they could have done was melded the Paralympics and the traditional Olympics into one, allowing everyone to be an Olympian, which is truly what everyone is, an Olympian. And it would have given parody to the games. Fascinating. Thanks for listening. And you've been listening to another episode of the Dewpoint Report, the Digital Electronic World Point Report, with your host, Margarita. Thanks for listening. Tune in again for another episode.